The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome back to part two of the Forever Fab podcast with my fabulous guest, Lauren Wilson, founder of Dora Mar. Lauren, you run a successful business, and I know it's relatively new. You only launched it in 2019, but it is already successful. There's so much buzz about it. I'm excited about it. How did you learn about running a business? How did you learn to become profitable? And along that journey, did you have any mentors who helped you along your career path? That's a, that's a good question. Um, how did I learn to run a business? I am learning every day. <laughs> I, like It is definitely one of those things that I think when you start a business, I've learned you have to be really vulnerable and reach out each and every way when you don't know how to do something. Yes, there's a fake it till you make it aspect about about running a business, right? But like also <laughs> just be real with people. Be like, I yeah. have no idea where to start on this. Like, and reach out to people who are experts. Be shameless about those those people that you come into contact with. Um, and then, you know, I think working, again, I'm going back to Moda just because I think it's important that I was had been at some sort of yeah. company that wasn't a heritage brand to understand, yeah. um, you know, what it looks like to kind of pitch yourself a little bit, right? Like there were brands and, and partnerships that had never worked with Moda. And so I was able to firsthand understand how to sell your brand, what that storytelling looks like. And so that was a really important, you know, learning lesson for me. Um, and I think, you know, mentors, I think I've been really fortunate that kind of all of my work experience, I've stayed really closely in contact with my former supervisors and all kind of helped me along the way. And that's something that I think, you know, I've tried to teach to our kind of interns and junior members here is like, please stay in contact with us because you never know how people will, will, will circle back. Right. And, you know, always, always keep those doors open and, um, you know, I think a lot of our muses have become mentors to me. Um, you know, Lauren Levison really pops into my mind. She's, yeah. she's become a wonderful friend. And I remember last spring, she posted a picture on her Instagram, hugging all of her clothes. And I was like, Lauren, I know that you've got great stories to tell. Like, would you be a muse? And that relationship has just kind of unfolded from there. And yeah, so she's fantastic. Uh, she's fantastic. And so I, I feel lucky that every woman that joins the platform also becomes a point of inspiration for me personally, because a lot of our muses are entrepreneurs or creating their own projects or product lines or whatever it is. And so I'm constantly learning from them on how they, how they, how they built that. And I think, you know, on Dora Mar too, we want to share those stories like of who they are and give, give that a platform. And I think that's something really powerful. I mean, you know, when you talk about community that Dora Mar does as well, right. It's about those stories of the women on there and what they're building too. Let's uh, pick up a little bit more on that um, idea of storytelling. Now, describe the power of clothes. You touched upon this a little bit earlier with that black Chanel jacket, Mm -hmm. but describe the power of clothes and 
you're suggesting that they do tell a story or they suggest a narrative. How may one's style or choice of clothing be empowering or disempowering? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always about the person that wears the clothes, right? Like, you know, that, that phrase, you know, the dress wore her or she yeah. wore the dress, right? Like, yeah. I think that's, you know, and I keep saying, it, you know, it's that person first, right? Like, you yeah. make whatever you're wearing. And I think it's disempowering. You can immediately tell when someone's been, especially like a, the best example is on a red carpet, right? Like, you can tell when a celebrity walks, you know, on a red carpet and a stylist just threw something on them and they have, no idea what they're wearing. Like you can tell that they're a little <laughs> uncomfortable in their skin and they don't feel so great. And there's nothing worse than putting something on that isn't you. Like you yeah. just, you know, you, the whole evening or whatever event you're at, you just, or even when you, you sit in your chair at work and you're like, I just hate this outfit I'm in right now. Like I need to go home and change. Um, yeah. You have to, like, I think it's so, like, you've got to wear what you're comfortable in. I don't just yes. mean comfort, like, oh, it feels like pajamas, but yeah. if you're not comfortable, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to show and it's not going to feel powerful because you're not going to feel powerful. So, it's about a feeling, right? It doesn't have to be yes. the most expensive thing or the most extravagant thing. It just has to make you feel like you. And that is what is empowering about clothing. I love that. That's quotable. <laughs> now, you st you studied art and you have experience at Christie's. Do you have a favorite artist? Ooh, gosh. It's like a huge question. Um, that is a I mean, if a, design, I if a designer came to you and said, I'm going to, you know, silkscreen you know, one of the works of one of your favorite artists on this fabulous shift dress, who would you choose? Oh my gosh. I mean, dead or alive. Just kidding. Um, yeah, I either, think, you know, <laughs> you know, an artist that I, you know, I always go back to, and it's not even something that like would be on a piece of artwork or would yeah. be or on a dress or, um, that sort of thing. But when I was in Paris, I was really drawn to Manet because I oh. think that while his paintings you know, aesthetically, obviously they're, they're, they're interesting to look at aesthetically, but it's not even the reason I love him. It's because of the, um, uh, you know, what he was trying to say about Paris at that time and women and men and, um, industry that was rising and what that meant for society and how people interacted. That is really powerful to me. Um, and he, I've always been drawn to, you know, what's behind the canvas essentially. Yes, yes. Um, and that's, you know, he's an artist that's always been really powerful in, in that sense for me. And so, um, you know, I'm not going to have, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to have that painted on a dress. Um, but he always, <laughs> and I think, you know, for me, I was, I was 21 in Paris and, um, was learning these stories and my eyes were really open to, again, what's, what's behind an artist and what's behind a designer and what's behind you know, what you're, what you're seeing physically. And he's always really resonated with me. Yes. Excellent. And I mean, that, that was an unfair question because there's so many, I mean, if you were to flip like it back going on through me, catalog I know. <laughs> if you were to ask me the same question, I'd be like, Oh, where do I start? You know, what period do you want? I got one from every yeah, period. What, what period? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> In a similar vein, are there any, whether current or emerging designers, fashion designers that you're really excited about? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, let's see. From like a wearability perspective, when anything, yeah. anything, when anything, anyone who's doing I'll do something both. sustainable, sure. Yeah, I'll do both. So when anything comes in for like the row or Kate, I kind of want to grab it because I yeah. think they, they are like my day wear girls. Again, like yeah. they go back to that, like really comfortable, really easy. You can throw it on and feel, you know, totally confident in that. Yeah. Um, they have like elevated basics, right? Yeah, elevated basics, understated yeah. luxury, elevated that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in evening wear, I think one of my favorite pieces that actually came from 
Lauren Levison's closet was this bright pink, you know, the Christopher John Rogers bubble yes. and skirt. And I think like, Ugh. it is really, and I think when people put on Christopher John Rogers, like it is really, you look at that shape on a hanger and you're like, yeah, I'm going to look like uh-uh. crazy. <laughs> but then you put it on and it's like, it's yeah. such a power dress. And I love, you know, I love a bright pink moment, especially for yes. evening. And I think it's something about, you know, I, I call Dora Mar- uh, L Woods of startups, right? Because we don't look like a startup. Like we're wearing, we're wearing all these crazy things. Like yeah. we don't necessarily act like a normal tech startup, but like don't underestimate us essentially. And so I love putting on like a big pink dress moment. I think Christopher John Rogers does it in a sense that it's like, it's fun and it's feminine, but it's powerful. Yes. That's a really, that's a really difficult thing to, uh, to, to kind of capture. So yeah. um, I'm always, I'm, you know, whenever I see the women women wearing that on the on the carpet, I just I, I really gravitate towards that. So I need a reason to wear it now. Well, you can wear it tomorrow. The Met is having you know that chat with Christopher John Rogers. <laughs> yeah, there, we there, there we go. There we go. I should I should be going. I you should, should be going. Be going. Well, yeah, good for you. Exactly. Okay. And um, another question: What is the one signature article of clothing you believe every woman should have, no matter what? Oh, At, it doesn't uh, matter the price point. It could be high, low, doesn't matter. But what is the one signature? White button down top. That's what 100%. I say. Yep. Like. I actually get mine from J. Crew Men's. I'm not even yeah. kidding. Like they, yeah. they make the best ones or like go to the men's section. White button down when I when I am stuck, yeah. that is I'll turn it that. That, a cute pair of straight leg jeans, yep. sling backs, and like yep. a hoop earring. And that's that's like you you automatically do not look overdone. You look polished yes. and you feel comfortable. And you could totally do that white button down shirt with a ball skirt, with jeans, yep. with shorts, with a slim skirt, over a sheath dress. I mean, it's everything. Exactly. It, <laughs> it's it, everything. That is number one. No hesitation. And what is your personal favorite <clears throat> fashion item, whether it's that button down shirt or something else? That I've ever owned? Yes. <gasps> okay. So this, <laughs> I, I don't like back to evening dressing. I don't always rewear evening things because it's like, you know, it's been photographed. It's had its uh, moment. <laughs> the same way that is such a luxury problem that's like a total yeah. first world problem but I admit it I, that is completely my mindset <laughs> so if you want to find my evening things it's on my dormer closet page but there's this one dress I will <laughs> I will never give up and I actually just rewore it which means yeah. I love it that much yes um so it's a 1980s fuchsia pink Carolina Herrera um gown essentially yes. it's strapless it's like an elongated oh. bodice and it has like oh. kind of two layers um it is it has like a cape back. Yes. I'm five two and everything has to be hemmed. I yes. found this actually at a, a small shop in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, a, um, a vintage yes. shop. Yeah, you zero, see. Yep. Zero alterations. Zero. What? It was like, it was zero alterations. It like, was calling you. It was calling me and it just fit so perfectly. <laughs> and I will never, like when I, I wore it in New Orleans for a wedding the first time and then I wore it the frick a few months ago and I just styled it differently. And yes. so for the frick, it was, yeah, it was hosted by um, Carolina Herrera, their team. Perfect. Um, and so I emulated a 1980s Carolina Herrera. Like I did a oh. ponytail, I did a big black organza bow. Yes. Um, I kind of just like went a little 80s with it, but I had, I didn't do that the first time. It was a kind of like a sunset day wedding. And so to that wedding, I wore my hair down and kind yeah. of wore, you know, smaller heels. And so I don't know, that dress is just I will never let it go. Like that's yeah. one of those dresses that if I ever have a daughter someday or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'd pass it down. It just, it's, I feel like a princess in that dress and I'm, I won't, I won't give it up. So, so that's going to go in favorite. your legacy closet, not your archival door. That's, that's going in legacy. Yes. 
That's in like that's the pre closet. closet. <laughs> the pre closet. I love that. That is staying pre Yes, that's my favorite thing. I don't even, again, I wish it was like something I wore every day, but fashion sometimes is not. It's yes. not a, you know, an everyday thing. Every day. <laughs> yes. That's right. Now, you started Dormar in 2019. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So clearly, there are lots of things going on globally. How did you, A, persist and B, adapt during a pandemic to launch your business and be successful at it? Yeah. That's incredible. In, thank you. I left, it was, it's, I don't need to go through it again. It was a lot. Um, I left Moda in <laughs> fall 2019 to to do this. And I honestly, I was not ready to leave my full-time job. I think you read all these articles, like make sure you have this and that lined up. I did not. Um, yeah. I did not. And um, it was, it was really, really hard, but it was kind of one of those, it was a blessing in disguise. So I, I left Moda and then I consulted for another startup just to kind of, you know, still make some money while I was concepting on Dora Mar. And um, at that startup, I met the man who is now our head of fashion named Brian. And he's just incredible. Had I not taken that leap of faith, taken kind of this, you know, random consulting project, I would have never met Brian and the company would not be where it's at today, nor would I have met our creative director, Inga. So it kind of, oh. it, it all happens for a reason, but that did not happen in March, 2020, March, 2020, you know, that, that consulting gig, she kind of laid off everyone and kind of closed her shop. And I basically was left with a baby business of Dora Mar and kind of no other job essentially. And then, you know, we're March, 2020 in New York city. Um, I ended up going home to Arizona for two months, just trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing, like kind of everyone else in the world. I yeah. decided I didn't want Dora Mar to be dead in the water. I don't even know if I decided. I just said, I have this Instagram handle. Like I, we might as well post. So I asked like the few muses we had, and then just like, honestly, my girlfriends, if they would yeah. film videos of themselves, like what we're doing in quarantine and just call out small businesses or workout classes or food places they're supporting. And like what they're looking forward to after quarantine and what they would wear from Dormar when they did that. And yeah. that kept the brand like sort of at least not dead in the water. And we were yes. coasting along. I mean, sales were, I can't even say the number because it's so sad, but like <laughs> at least it was coasting along. And then yeah. May 2020, kind of into June, um, I decided to go back to New York. And I think I was really um, impacted or, you know, just did a lot of reflection um, because of the racial injustice movements of, about, yeah. you know, George Floyd and all those things. Yeah. I'm, I'm biracial. And, um, I think a lot of it, you know, growing up in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's primarily yeah. white and just kind of understanding who I was and what my purpose was yeah. as a biracial woman starting a business, like what can yeah. I do? And I realized that the Muse concept, what's also fantastic about it is you go onto the site and there's all different shapes and sizes and colors of women. And it makes luxury fashion, um, accessible without devaluing the piece itself, right? Because yeah. you want luxury to still feel special, but you want to see yourself able to wear those things. That's right. And brands obviously are so controlling about who's featured where. And for us, it's like, if you've got a great story in a great closet, like we want to share that. It doesn't matter about the other things. We we want customers to see themselves in the muses. So I felt like this is a great chance to be able to show that in luxury fashion. And there's not many other platforms that have that ability yeah. And it was, it kind of became a personal mission for me. And so, um, you know, I talked with, um, you know, the, the, the old CEO of, of Moda, Deb Nicodemus is a mentor to me. And she always says, you know, I know what you're doing. I know how you're doing it, but like, what is your purpose? And I think yeah. once I found that purpose in, in September, excuse me, in summer 2020, that's when the business started really getting its legs because it became bigger than just a fashion business. I'm so happy that you persisted. Thank you. That's it was, important. It was tough. <laughs> but never uh, give up. Never yeah. give up. 
Understood uh, and agreed. Yeah. And and do you see how like crazy this is? Because initially when mm-hmm. I came up with with the topic or the name of this episode, I thought, okay, people are going to be like, what does that have to do with what they're talking about? But you just mentioned, I mean, all the things you just mentioned with this question about, you know, timing and thinking about things and how mm-hmm. had it not been for certain things, you would not have met. And so I'm just going to repeat the title of the episode or the dedication. It's dedicated to knowing, knowing that everything happens timely in its right time with divine precision. So even though you were questioning yourself and questioning Dormar, you knew, you knew, you had that knowing deep down that you had a passion for it and it was your purpose. It was just a matter of sort of communicating that and you persisted. So here you are in divine precision. Thank you. Isn't yeah. that I mean, crazy? I think, that sounds I think, sexy. Yeah, I love that. I think my favorite, something that I try to remember, because being an entrepreneur, you do get a lot of no's, right? A lot of, of not right now. But I always say that's God's protection, right? Like every no just means it wasn't the time or the place or the person or the opportunity for me or for my business or whatever it is. Right. And that is, it's a huge, huge learning to understand that when the time's right, things will fall into place. Just don't give up. Just don't give up. Stay the course. Mm-hmm. That's right. No is perhaps not now. Yeah. No, maybe exactly. I'm not your people. So keep it moving. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of keeping it moving, what do you think, or where do you think the future of fashion is going? What are you excited about for the future of fashion? Ooh, that's a big one. I mean, I think it's so interesting seeing how luxury grapples with change, right? Not just in, in tech now, but really the democracy, democratization. It's always such a hard word to say. Yes. This idea of community. it's a hard concept it's to really achieve, concept. too. Exactly. Let's put, let's be clear about that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it is. It is luxury, like. Look, Chanel is not even online, right? Like Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. you can't even buy online. So like yeah. they are slow to change. They are true yeah. traditionalists, but it's one of those things that you can't ignore necessarily, right? Yeah. So right. um I'm excited for the movers and shakers that are that are out there being vocal about the change that wants to happen and um oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of how, how to even put this into words. I think, you know, Fashion and tech are kind of at odds sometimes. I think mm-hmm. something that kind of illustrates that is, again, talking with our authenticator, Alex, and we're talking about, you know, tech innovations and authentication and how, you know, what that looks like in blockchain and is Louis Vuitton going to do blockchain or Chanel, whatever. And yeah. he's like, look, Hermes is never going to be made by a machine. Mm-hmm. I will never trust a machine to authenticate an Hermes. And that was that was like a real eye-opening moment for me on how yeah. luxury kind of wrestles with with fashion and tech. And that's something that when I'm pitching to investors, I'm like, this is a this is a bigger concept than just yeah. than just me, right? It's just it's really difficult. But I think um, you know, places like I mean, I hate to go back to like Instagram and social media and TikTok, but like those those places, you're seeing the future faces of fashion there, right? Yes. Like those are the people that you're gonna see making real changes. And I think absolutely um making room is is important. And I hope these big brands get on board. Yeah. If they don't, unfortunately, they're not they're not made of steel. Like things will mm-hmm. change and shift and um, you know, I think Norma will be at the forefront of that, hopefully. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the last few questions. Fabulous, Lauren. Let's pivot a little bit. What do you do to decompress, decompress uh, or to de-stress? What do you have a wellness routine or well-being ritual? And what is it? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I will say that, you know, I always implement at Dormar with myself and the team is like we take our weekends off. Like we value yeah. those weekends. I think you're not a martyr by working, working every day, 24 hours a day does not make you a successful business does not make you a super good worker. It makes you 
a bad worker, in my opinion. Like you got to give yourself rest and time to think yeah. and rejuvenate and get, you know, you learn things about what you want to do outside of Doramar and outside of the office, just from being out in the city or with friends or whatever. So I, you know, those two days, Saturday and Sunday, like we take those off. And that's something that is really big for me to kind of like shed the CEO founder skin and just be Lauren, just be like normal Lauren. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm a big, um, uh, big into working out. I love pure bar. I'm like a pure bar addict. And when it gets nice that I'm always running on the West side highway, that is a time when I can put my phone away and not look at emails or text messages. Cause let's be real. If we're sitting on the couch, we're always scrolling. Right. And so, of course. Yeah. Need, need time away from the phone. That's super, yeah. super important. Um, and yeah, just being around my, my friends and family, I can't say I have a wellness routine because there's events or there's this, or we're working yeah. late on a Monday night or whatever it is. Yes. Um, so I think it's really just being kind to yourself and taking time off and doing activities that take me away from my phone and, and technology. I agree with all of those. And it doesn't, you know, a wellness, they don't really need a routine, but if you just do mm-hmm. something for yourself every day, and that could include, not watching your phone or not scrolling for 20 minutes. I mean, something just to sort of separate, detach, you know, refresh that that's wellness, right? That's taking care of yourself. And that's exactly, exactly. Now, do you have a personal skincare routine? Oh my gosh. That's kind of always shifting sometimes, but I do. (laughs) um, I do. I think there was this article written a few, a few months ago on my like beauty routine and the whole team was laughing because they were like, you do a seven step <laughs> routine. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Hi. <laughs> I Hello. Guess. But that's kind of a wellness thing, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, you make yourself kind of feel like a little mini spa. When of you're, course. Like, taking off the grind from the day and doing your potions and lotions. And yes, um, I will say something that's always a constant is, and not every skin can take it, but I'm really big on, on um, oils. Like I use an oil Me cleanser. Too. I use rose. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, I want to keep this like as hydrated as possible. <laughs> Um, so I always kind of work an oil in somehow, like that's always something that I always do. Um, I'll do like a, an overnight mask every probably two, two nights a week, um, or maybe three. Um, but I don't know, I'm always changing out products. Actually, there's, uh, not to plug Doramar, but this is actually something I use all the time now. We have a French brand called Peo on Doramar and the, the vitamin C, um, firming serum. It's like a morning serum I use. Yes. It honestly is incredible. Brian, our head of fashion, and I use it religiously yes. and everyone comments on our skin. So we're like, okay, we're doing something right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, it's I, major. Yeah. We'll see. Dr. Shirley says it's major. It's definitely major. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I guess I do have a seven, seven step routine. I can't regurgitate <laughs> it. <because laughs> I don't even know sometimes. Oh, that's good. That's good. Remove, cleanse, you know, moisturize, oil, repeat. Remove, Remove cleanse. A, Exactly. There's always a serum thrown in there. There's yeah. eye cream. I don't know if eye cream even works, but eye yeah. cream's thrown in there for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, oh, I love, you know what I love actually? Yeah. You can just get it at like Dwayne Reed or whatever. Yeah. You know, the Roche, the La Roche posay the like yep. just kind of water spray. Yeah. Just the ritual of that yeah. makes me feel so fresh. That's I a big agree. thing that I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, if you have seven steps, I mean, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, you're, you're double. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm double and other times I'm literally like a fraction of it, but I'm yeah. really intentional about my skincare products. And I, every time I put something on, it's like, what is my face telling me? So yeah. I have this whole like process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a little the over easy, the top. <laughs> the easiest thing is hydration, right? You notice, yeah. you know, like if we simplify it the most, like drinking water, yeah, I know all the celebrities say that, but really, it's 
Well, Dr. Shirley, you know, you're a doctor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to tell you. I don't play one on TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like you literally are. So. Oh my gosh. Lauren, I can't believe this is the last question. Me? I it's, mean, have we uh, run through 30 questions? Um, almost 30 questions. Yeah. This is number 28. And I oh may gosh, have, wow. I may have put in another one in there. So that was like 29 questions. Oh. Amazing. But this is Amazing. a signature question of the Forever Fab podcast. Everybody gets asked this question. And I write things down. Oh, no. And I I'm put nervous. your answers on social, y'all. So, so no this, pressure or anything. No pressure. Uh-uh. <laughs> this is the Fab Five. What are your top five recommendations for living a beautiful and fashionably fabulous life? Oh, my gosh. Right? Wow. <laughs> I mean, Hello. And you mentioned some of them. Okay. Five, top five. Give me your top five. You mentioned some of them already. I mean, I could pull from them, but I want to hear in your own words. So, okay. So, I mean, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to do a little self-care-y, I guess. Okay. So. Yeah. Whatever you want. Take your weekends. Yep. If it doesn't matter in five years, or what is that phrase? If it doesn't matter, basically don't take things so seriously. If it won't matter in five years. Don't let it bother you for five minutes. That's like a huge one. I really let things like kind of simmer a lot. Yeah. Like move on from it. Don't take yourself too seriously. Okay. Um, Build your support network, whoever the heck that is. Mom, (laughs) dad, friends, boyfriend, whatever it is. Like you need someone to always vent to. Like always, always have that. Yep. Um, And my last one will be. um, I have number four. Okay. T- take weekends off. Don't take yourself so seriously. Build your net. Build your support network. So I'm on number four. Did I miss one? Oh, if it won't matter in five years. Don't let it ah. bother you for five minutes. Okay. Okay. Got and um, always, always, always have a lip. Never leave your house without a lip. I'm a big lippy girl. Whether it be a chapstick, <laughs> a tinted balm, a red lip, it's amazing what a lippy can do for <laughs> your confidence. I never, I never leave. You, my team will, will tell you I'm always like, always have a lip. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm not a um, a color lip person, but I never. Yeah. I have lip gloss in every bag or lip yep. balm or something. It's like something for my lips in every bag. Never leave the home without a lippy. Never leave home without a, a lippy. L-I-P-P. <laughs> a lippy. L-I-P-P-Y. I love it. I'm quoting you on that. <laughs> the inimitable Lauren Wilson. I mean, I'm crossing my arms for you, girl, because wow. Like, wow. I am so proud of you. you. I'm so happy for you about your present state, what's what's going to happen for you in the future. Really great things coming. I feel it. Like, I feel it. You've built built something. Uh, The momentum is increasing rapidly, and you're creating a legacy. Thank you, Dr. Shirley. I mean... Look, it's because I surround myself again with that great support network and, and women like you Thank lifting you. lifting me up and helping me along the way. So um, I'd be no, nowhere without you guys. So oh, thank, thank you. you for having me. And um, this has been fantastic. I feel really, really, really honored. So thank you so much for your time. And we hope to have you back when you're, you know, like raising either more funds or when you, you're exiting at, you know, 25.7 <laughs> billion. I mean, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> at that point, I'll, I'll be having a cocktail on a beach and we'll do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, and we could do it from a distance. So I could be in the next lounge chair right next to you. Like, okay, yeah. girl, okay question number 13 is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love this. Love Congratulations. This. Thank you so very much. You will see my closets <laughs> soon. <Yes. laughs> exactly. Guys, everyone, Dr. Shirley's closet's coming. That's something you oh really, God. really can't miss. So oh my tables will be turned next time. Tables are turned oh next time. And oh I'm good. digging into your. Okay. Your you can dig into all my stuff. Thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate your time. I'll let you go Thank and you. do the fabulous Doramar things and we'll see you soon on Forever Fab. Bye. Great. Thank you. This brings us to our closure of this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast with my fabulous guest, Lauren Wilson. If you want to be amused, check out the archival luxury fashion site at doramar.com. That's Dora, D-O-R-A dash Mar, M-A-A-R dot com. Also, check it out on social. The IG handle is at Shop Dora Mar. Shop Dora, D-O-R-A Mar, M-A-A-R. As always, if you love this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it and subscribe to the feed. Listen to past episodes or check out who's coming up next on foreverfabpodcast.com. If you enjoy listening to the Forever Fab podcast and you want more, get more audio and visuals with a membership through Patreon. Choose the gold, platinum, or diamond tier for premium added content, special co-hosts, lifestyle videos, branded merchandise, and maybe even private access to my clubhouse by visiting patreon.com slash foreverfab. If you're a founder or you represent a beauty brand and you want to be featured on an episode of the Forever Fab podcast segment of 15 Minutes of Fab, send me some stuff. Visit foreverfabpodcast.com and fill out the contact form. For general holistic beauty tips or to set up an appointment with me to discuss your personalized options for leveling up your beauty, visit elementsandgraces.com and sign up for my newsletter or just give us a call. And for an online e-consultation on time, anytime, and on your time, visit clicklift.com for your wellness, plastic surgery, beauty, and wellness questions on the go. That's click, C-L-I-C-K lift.com. It's time for the elevated house call. Jet Set Beauty Rx offers beauty on-call services near your home or other domicile delivering beauty in the privacy of a medically equipped mobile aesthetics unit. Reserve your appointment at jetsetbeautyrx.com. Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.